guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And today's episode, we're going to talk about dumb house projects that Jake is doing because he's not working. <laughs> Wait, we are? <laughs> Am I right? Are you, you not working yeah, on your car? Do you want to hear about everything? I don't. Renovating I don't. my basement? Nope. Don't care. Put Why are in. you working on anything cool? What are you doing? It's wintertime. You're supposed to be working on cool stuff. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Everybody send Jake hate mail yes. and hate messages. Yes. Because, the, in fact, this box we got from uh, our listener Jules, who right. sent us a couple yes, cool matchbox cards. Very nice. And a nice little letter about, right. you know, a nice little letter saying he likes the podcast. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Why? for you. Why? Because I'm working on house you're working projects? Out. You're not doing anything fun. I worked on the Vespa yesterday. You started polished taking- it. It took elbow grease. Right, that's fine, but it gets you no closer to it being a functioning I vehicle. Did, I did call, um, by the way, this news episode brought, brought to, you by, to you by Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. You can support the show. It's only $5, $10, $20, Wait, you, whatever you, you can spare. You posted up like two new interviews for Patreons only today. I did. Yeah, it's awesome. We have all kinds of crazy stuff on there. Uh, you can support the show. Feel good about yourself. Feel good about you know supporting something that you enjoy and love. Get tons of exclusive content. If you spend enough, you spend 10 bucks a month, you get a shirt. Yep. Uh, we got great shirts for you guys to send out. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. And while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast if you're new. If you're one of the guys that's coming over from all the the cool Boeing, or I'm sorry, hoops. Not Ooh, Boeing, Chris. Wow, that's the like a big other one. Uh, by the Lockheed. Grumman episodes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the, uh, the Lockheed episodes. Hit that subscribe Airbus. button. Airbus. <laughs> Leave us a five star review. What do you think the fastest Airbus is? Probably not mock anything. I bet. I don't no, know the Airbus I, is doing. Um, that. Leave us a five star review if you could. We'd really love that. That would help us out as well. Or like I said. Patreon.com slash Overcrest support the show. Okay, so yes, I you're making fun of me because I've been just like polishing a turd. Because yeah, you're like don't want to commit to whatever the engine situation is because we realized it's the wrong engine in your Vespa. It is, but I I called up uh, the Vespa place, the Vespa shop, Scooter. Ville. No, that's the place I got. I call the place in California Scooter something. Oh. I don't know. Scooter uh, West because it's in the West <laughs> and they do Vespa sports or something like that. Okay. And I call some guy and this dude, I, I talked to him for me. He's like, oh, you got to talk to this guy. So this other guy picks up the phone. And he goes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. I'm like, uh, yeah, hi. I'm holding for uh, a guy to help me with my scooter. He's like, well, you got somebody in the line. What do you need? <laughs> I'm just like, wow, okay. Yeah, you would think it's like, hey, thanks. This is yeah, Joe this is, Blow. No, this is no, obviously, just, this hello? is the guy. This guy obviously must be one of the dudes that works on the scooters. Because I told the parts guy that I called. I'm like, yeah, I've got this thing. He's oh, like, hold I on. Gotcha. I got to get you the right guy. So this, this, so I ended up finding what I need. I'm getting a, a new stator, new stator plate. Okay. Which goes on. So basically, my stator plate is for... I found out that I can't just put P200E stuff on the engine. You can or cannot? cannot. I wouldn't I imagine to, so. I, well, do you think the crank size would be the same? Like the little spindle that comes off the crank? Why would they change that? It's all the same. Anyway, it's not the same. Okay. They did change it. So, so was, why can't you just wire this thing to that? I don't want to. I want it to all be nice. I want it to all work. So I it's got. It's not original anyway. I don't care. I want the harness to be normal. I want to have electronic ignition. I have an electronic ignition harness. Why do I want points? Points suck. Because you, have to you already them. have points. Yeah, but here's the deal: is that points stator plate? Um, does anybody not know what points are? Do you want to explain what points do? They open and close, connecting and the circus. Connecting the circus. Spark the circus with that's going on with it. So the. But my actual stator plate that's in on there is worth money. People okay. want it because they're just unobtainium. They just they don't exist anywhere. So I'm going to sell that one, buy a performance 
uh, ignition. Okay. I don't know what, why you need a performance ignition. It yeah. takes three weeks to get here from Germany. It's, oh, jeez. It's like $300. is like the most expensive thing <laughs> on a scooter. It's more expensive than like a billet aluminum cylinder head. And then I have uh, an exhaust that'll be coming. I haven't, oh. ordered, I haven't ordered any of this yet. Oh, okay. Well, so then I, it's not coming. Well, I just got the quote this morning, and then I had to come in here and prep the show for everybody and hang out with you. Okay, so I mean, what I is just, this exhaust? Is it? It's, it, it, it's a pipe. It's an expansion chamber pipe okay. thing. And so I'll have that, the, the 177 kit. I've already got the carb. I'll have the stator play with the custom ignition. It's going to be awesome. So then so you'll be dialed in. I'll be dialed in. But in the meantime, I've been just wiping it with lacquer thinner, <laughs> and I posted a picture up, and I want you to tell me that you think it looks bad because you can't. You cannot say it looks bad because it looks awesome. It's going to look bad when you put the new plastic white shiny piece on top of that. No, it's kind of like this ready to be painted kind of thing. Uh-huh. So I can paint it whatever color I want. So I'm going to what I'm going to do. Didn't the early ones not have that square plastic and it's more like a tube in the front? Yes. I would go with that. I can't. Okay. It's not the same scooter. That's like saying, hey, can you put the Porsche horn grills on a new 996? No, it doesn't fit. Call the back date. People do it all the time. Yeah, but that takes a lot of extra work. I can just order the part. It's $30. Okay. If I want it to match, I can just like speckle brown paint on it. No, I. That, <laughs> the whole thing's. It's not like it's rusty. Most, no, of the front, it, most of the front of the scooter, other than the fender, is like nice. It's scratch. It's got patina. Yeah. I'll make the paint match on the horn grill. If it if the white looks stupid and too not close enough, right. I'll just zip on down with my 177 cc two stroke motor <laughs> and go to the Welly Auto Supply and say, "Hey, scan this." They bring out the little computer. Uh-huh. They point it at the paint and they go, "Oh, this is this," and then they mix it up. Boom, boom, boom. Catalyze paint. Pop the tip. Pop the tab. Uh-huh. Shake it up. Uh-huh. And it'll look You forgot great. to drive back to your house, though. Uh, yeah, you're probably not supposed to paint it in the parking lot. Probably, probably not. not a good no. idea. So I, I've just been wiping the paint off, and it does take time. Yeah. Because you, know, you got to, like, wipe and wipe and wipe with the lacquer thing. You've also been assembling a engine stand. Yeah, I did get an engine stand. One of the one of the things I don't like about a lot of the engine stands is the motor's never balanced on the engine stand. It's not like it's equally 50-50 weight balance. So when you try to turn it over, the top of the motor goes, boom, if the cylinder head sure. is on it, yeah. it tilts down. And 911s are pretty good, but I wanted to be able to just crank this little wheel. So this thing has like a little handle. <laughs> I did that on a M96, a 996 motor. That is heavy. I bet it is. And you're just like trying to turn <laughs> it over. You and You pull just, the pin out and you're just, ah! Yeah, I won't have to do that. I've got a little crank that's got a gear reduction in it. And I'll just be able to crank and the motor will turn over. So I'm really excited about, about that. But first, I've got to pull the motor out of the 911, which yep. I have not done yet. But I did swap the Vespa. The, the 911 was in the tiny part of the garage. Right. And the Vespa was in the huge part of the garage. So I swapped <laughs> You're them. like, wait a minute. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I swapped them over, and now everything's fine. And next week, uh-huh. when we talk about n- this new stuff and projects, you better not say you worked on house stuff all week. I want updates. Yeah, no, that's I my want plan. Something. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop it. Tell your wife, no, I'm, putting, I'm not working I'm putting, on stairs. It's, my wife has nothing to do with it. Well, whatever. I, they, this project is going. I want to finish this project. Why is it taking you so long? What are you doing? We, I gutted the entire basement, put up new walls. I did all new, um, like I framed up walls for a new bedroom down there, new closets, everything else. And then I ran wiring. I did sheetrock. No, you didn't. You hired I someone. hired out the sheetrock. <laughs> That's right. I did hire out the sheetrock. But I bought the sheetrock and hauled it all down there. You're almost done. 
Yep, and flooring just got installed this poorly. last week poorly, and he's coming back tomorrow morning to fix it. Good. And then I have to put all the trim up because I'm doing my own baseboard trim, and then doors. I got to put doors in. You, Those you are, can't do this kind of work 24-7. You've got to take a break and work yeah, on hard stuff. Yeah, it's called my day job then. No, just at night. <laughs> you know, you got to find problem, time to work on The problem is my garage is such a mess from this because I just have like This coming from super clean, everywhere. messy guy. Oh, it's terrible. You always tell me my garage is a disaster. It is. Is, and this is more disaster. Really? I, oh my! It's everywhere. I've like doors over here, and that I'm like oh. polyurethaneing, and I have like oh, you're using the garage everywhere. to do. You're using the garage to do house stuff. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like parking a lawnmower oh, in your garage. No. That's not good. Yeah, I don't do good. that. All right, let's get on to a little bit of news. What have you got for yeah, us? Yeah. So we mentioned last week that Ford had lent out some of their new F-150s with the onboard generator to help people that are freezing down right. in Texas and don't have power. Well, on the completely opposite end of the spectrum, some unfortunate customers have found out the hard way that using your Tesla to power your home will just void its entire warranty. Wait, wait, wait. So you can do this? No. Well, uh, kind of. So Bob Schwartz posted the following on the Tesla Owners Club of Portland Facebook group. Whoopsie. If you're going to do something that might void your warranty, maybe don't post about it yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's all right. So he goes, hey, if you're out of power and you need uh, to power your home from your car, you can use a 20,000-watt inverter just oh, no. from Harbor <laughs> Freight for 170 bucks. he bought it, and then connect it to your battery, and then have an extension cord that he goes to his gas furnace to power the blower in the furnace computer, and and that alone draws 1,100 watts, he says. Then he still has enough for my free refrigerator and a few lights. And so I this Bob guy is all about it. He's like, look what I'm doing. Then three days later, Bob came back to the Facebook group to report that his Tesla was giving him notices that the battery needed replacing. <laughs> Apparently, the navigation reportedly stopped. He had no music. The garage door opener didn't work. And the car actually started just shutting down and not working. So Bob brought it to the local Tesla shop and they replaced the battery, but said he voided his warranty since they saw his previous Facebook post. Uh -huh, so they're monitoring because of stuff. course the local like Tesla guys are all on the local. Yeah. Tesla. And they reported and said, Hey, this dumbass is trying to power his house. Yeah. It, so, I mean, there's not enough power in your Tesla to really run anything for very long. Well, apparently he did his blower motor on his uh, yeah, furnace and his refrigerator. The refrigerator has to suck up a lot of juice. Oh, I'm sure. Not, not so good. moral of the story. Don't brag on social media about voiding your car's warranty. <laughs> so, do, have you ever thought of when you're ice? Do you ever go ice fishing? I've never been ice fishing. Ever. A, a ice fishing is horrible. Yeah, it's first boring and cold. The only redeeming factor is I've gone out on like my neighbor at the cabin has like these giant, like basically mobile homes that you bring yeah, out there right. where it's got a flat screen television and a fridge full of beer and it's like 75 degrees. That I can get behind. First of all, I don't really like fishing that much. To I don't be, either. To begin I with. have. Have you ever no patience. have you ever big surprise through the ice no i have fallen through the ice before it was shallow water thank goodness yeah it's very cold yeah i any, bet. have you ever done any of the, like the polar bear bear no, challenges I never or anything where you jump polar in the water plunge. polar plunge i've done that it's very cold I, I, the water is makes so cold. sense uh check there's a check diver his name is david venci he's uh, made history on tuesday when he broke the world record for swimming under ice now this is my nightmare you're in a river so he's a free diver so he's just he doesn't have oxygen right he just does it and that 
Yeah. Like doing it in a, like falling in a in a hole in a river or something. Oh, and, and then the current like, sweeps yep, you. Not and, good. Uh, he swam nearly 81 meters, which is 265 feet, under the ice of a glacial lake in Austria, which required <laughs> him to hold his breath for two minutes and 42 seconds while freezing his tiny little nuts off because yeah. they had just retracted into his body. Oh. The previous world record was 250 feet, which was set by Denmark's whoever uh, Stig Avail Severinsen in mm-hmm. uh, southern Greenland. It was faster than I expected, Venchi told Reuters. I trained a lot. I was under the ice three times for 75 meters during my training. Venchi said that he felt great after he emerged from the water, <laughs> which was 37 degrees. Oh, so oh. when you got out of the water, you felt great. That's, yeah. that's surprising. He added that the world record isn't official yet. We now have to wait. To, to, wait, wait. Is this like a, a top speed run where he has to go the other way now? <laughs> I, I, hope his, I hope his GPS he, I hope his GPS was figured out. So exactly. It looks like it's a world record because he, a free dive organization representative, uh, couldn't see me swimming under the ice. Oh. He will have to check the video footage. Oh, no. Although I don't understand. If you go in the hole over here. And you come out over here. It's not like there's no, a black oh, hole Remember in the, the movie, The Prestige, where he's actually at the end, you find out he's, he's a twin. And so, like, oh, I suppose it's possible. Yeah, remember? Well, then the, one guy still has to come out of the other. I mean, he can't just die and his twin lives just for the record. I mean, you'd have to come that out of one. That was a different movie where that actually did happen. Oh, not good. Anyway, Anyways, terrifying. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Oh, so, Chris, the U.S. Postal Service said on Tuesday it will award a multi-billion dollar 10-year contract to Oshkosh Defense to manufacture the new generation of postal delivery vehicles. This thing looks like a cartoon. I'm really, really happy that you scrolled down and looked at it. <laughs> it looks it's, like a cartoon. Like it, it looks like, like a car. Remember? Wee! It looks like it's front. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring your mail. It's <laughs> exactly what this thing yes, looks like. it does. Do you ever watch uh, like Despicable Me? With oh, your, totally. With this your is girls? like a cartoon car. Oh, it's right out of Despicable Me. <laughs> so the contract, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The contract, which could be worth more than $6 billion in total, allows for delivery of up to 165,000 of these vehicles over the span of 10 years, and it'll be a mix of uh, both internal combustion and electric vehicles, and they're all supposed to be manufacturers that can retrofit electric engines or motors Later in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the New vehicles will hit the road in late 2023 and include air conditioning and heating, which apparently are not standard standard. in the grumman llv no they're not grumman are they yeah they are grumman yeah well i thought it was a grumman coven was what they were going to be and i don't think they ended up i don't think they're grumman no these ones are not these are now oshkosh defense i don't think the old ones are grumman i think the grumman was are you sure it doesn't matter but the you ever see these things drive around they are the biggest piles of garbage. Oh, yes, exactly. They are absolute Yeah, it's the junk. Drummond LLV. Okay. Well, they're junk. The long life vehicle. Yeah, well, they, have, they haven't had anything The average lifespan is like 30 years old for these. these and things, they have to- They break down. They burn to the ground. They, they dump they, like five grand every year into every single one of them, just maintenance costs. Just trying to keep them on the effort running. milking it. So, yeah, they, they have air conditioning and heat, Here, which here's the, the thing, Grumman Guess what's going to happen? What? These things are going to be hitting the streets for sale. The Grumman's? Yeah. 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 I, mm. There's, yeah. There, I, there was some. What about a Vespa transport vehicle? A little mail wagon with a Vespa. There you the go. It'd be pretty sweet. You could put like some big small black Chevy or something. What do something. these have for engines in them? There's got to be some little terribleness. Some, I don't know. It's like probably a Ford Pinto engine or something like that. Yeah. So, um, anyways, it is ugly, as you said. I don't think it's ugly. I think it's cute. It's wee. It does look kind of wee. It's so weird looking. It is. It is. Looks it's like a Pixar big box design with a massive flat windscreen. Why does the windshield need to be so big? 
and a weird like the forehead is what's the worst too like it, it yeah. looks like it just has a giant forehead it does and below that is protruding this front end that's super low and odd looking so why on earth did the post office pick such an ugly weird looking vehicle two words design constraints okay well the they USPS... just have to stick their arm out the window and put stuff in <laughs> well, mailboxes no well. no no that's not true they defined an extremely tight set of criteria that the design needed to adhere to uh nur khan who's a design director for custom vehicle manufacturer plasan spoke briefly about these constraints explaining how the odd shape was basically inevitable quote the requirements dictated that it must it must make every child laugh when it pulls <laughs> into the driveway <laughs> no but it dictated the step in height the glass height, including the low side glass, uh, the vision angles, the internal height, and the maximum roof height. It was all basically locked into design. Other constraints include the ability to reach the mailbox while in a seated position. That one seems pretty... Yeah, that's an obvious Pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, the requirement to see the ground around the vehicle and the seating position and vision angles. Well, you can see to Mars through this windshield, so it's... <laughs> Khan said that he tried coming up with many different ways to make the package more attractive. Quote, at one point, he even had a photo of Cliff Clalvin, who was the postman from Cheers, sitting on his table to help the design a more friendly appearance. That is hilarious. But at the end of the day, it all came down to the design requirements. It's it's yeah, it's, it's strange. Well, there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to see yeah. what it looks like. Jake, do you smell bad? <laughs> Not today. Not today. Are not you today. sure? Yeah. Well, if you're not sure, there's now a company that will test it for you. For about, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> for about $150, Odorate offered. That sounds like something from the 50s, doesn't it? Like, Odorate. Just buy Odorate. You know it's going to kill you, too, somehow. Like, Offers, 50 years later, they they're like, They offer clients yeah. a customized industrial grade and industrial grade analysis. <laughs> you smell so bad. <laughs> we had to use the industrial, industrial machine. <laughs> of that most uncomfortable sub, uh, subjects, body odor. Okay. Founder, found a Shoda Ishida, 30, he's three years old, estimates that 1% of the population, or about 1 million Japanese, are anxious about whether they smell. If you can't tell, I don't know, you ever go, if, sometimes if you're in a room and it smells bad, you kind of get used to it, like you just, your nose kind okay. of adapts. would you tell me if I smell? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, you've told Some, me I smell. Right. You've been like, Chris, yeah. you smell awful. Yes, yes. I don't know why. I will, tell you, well, down here. I will tell you for only $100. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, because this uh, is 150 The light bulb went off in Ishada's head when he was a grad student, often too busy to bathe or change clothes. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, man, you got to take some time for yourself. <laughs> he started to obsess over whether he was causing offense in the economics department. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Like, if no one's sitting around you, either they, a, they don't like you and you're yeah. a douchebag or you, you just smell clear bad. You a room. It's not like the cartoons where there's like flies flying around your head or something. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, working up the nerve to simply ask friends, he realized that could be futile because most people are too diplomatic to blurt out the noxious truth. Well, maybe no. in Japan, maybe but in not Japan. here. Not here. If I, do I smell? Yes, you smell awful. People yeah. are happy to tell you that oh, you smell. For so sure. maybe you'll yeah. stop smelling. Yeah. So he joined forces with chemist, a chemist friend, and they bought a secondhand gas chromatography mask <laughs> spectrometer <laughs> for fifty thousand dollars. Okay. In twenty nineteen, they began offering discreet yet fulsome bo analysis. Oh my god. Customers goodness. create a smell sample by wearing a plain white T-shirt enhanced with odor absorbing activated charcoal for twenty four hours, which they then mail in for analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Some clients pay extra for a face-to-face -face consultation. And at the uh, end of one meeting, Ishida was startled to have his hand grabbed in gratitude. Uh -huh. Women, 
in their 30s and 40s are his main clientele. But parents often buy the kits for their teenagers. <laughs> for most of my adult clients, their anxiety begins in school and dogs them throughout their whole lives, holding them back in their careers and even in romance. So if you can nip this in the butt early, it's great. Uh-huh. Now, after a little more than a year in business, Ishida has sold more than 1,000 kits, and he supplements his revenue by consulting for makers of odor treatment products. Okay, so, so I was expecting this is going to give you some like custom deodorant that's made just for he you. He does sell deodorant. Deodorant. Yeah, he does okay. sell like but deodorant. All this service is is to tell yes, you, you, yes, smell. you smell. That's literally all it is. Which, by the way, if you're sending in a t-shirt, that means you do smell. Because if you're spending $150 just to know, you like know, you, you smell, dude. Right. You smell. Like if you yeah. went to that trouble, you know that concern, you if you're breathing smell. into your hand, wondering if your breath stinks, it probably stinks. Yeah, That's exactly. Uh he's about to launch a new armpit only analysis <laughs> kit and a breath rating service as well. Wow. So Jake, I know you love exploration. So I'm gonna tell you about a incredible explorer. Okay. Incredible. This is this is an incredible. Eight thousand mile journey from Oregon to Australia. And In- authorities plan to kill the pigeon who did it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> a racing pigeon. Did you hear the story? Why are they th- going to kill it? I'll get there. There was a, a pigeon recently auctioned to some Chinese, like a Spanish racing pigeon. How much do you think it Wait, went Wait, okay. So this is a thing? It's a thing. Pigeon racing. racing. Pigeon. pigeon racing for <laughs> rich people. When you don't know what to do, you either spend 80000 Did you see there was an $80,000 paint job on some 9-11 thing? No. Oh, I, I should find. Where's my phone? Hold on. If I were a betting man, thanks to John Hansen, by the way, for sending this to me. If I were a betting man, I bet this is the first urban bamboo chroma flare 992 (laughs) Turbo S you've ever seen. Hold on. Read that again. If I were a betting man. Uh, No, I just want to know the name of the color. (laughs) If I were a betting man, I bet this is the first urban bamboo chroma flare 992 Turbo S Uh you've ever seen. Urban bamboo chroma flare. It's currently only available on the 911 model line via CXX and costs... $86,000, $86,000, making so this, this the most expensive 992 paint. Turbo S we've ever had at $364,170. And yes, it's already sold. This paint job is 100% craftsmanship and is applied by hand. Chroma flare pigments include multi-layer flakes that give paints and coatings the ability to change color when viewed from different angles. Yeah, we've been doing that forever. It's called chameleon paint. Exactly. I can buy that at in from Duplicolor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Ford uh, did it on their Mustang in 96, by the each way. Each flake exhibits a variety of colors depending on the angle at which it is viewed and the angle of incident incident <laughs> light. The yeah. flakes are one U, one micrometer thick. A human hair, for example, is 50 times thicker. Your, <laughs> your lame-ass hair isn't even close to chroma flare. The pigment's dramatic uh, color yeah. effect is visible in a wide variety of light conditions. Uh-huh. To create a chroma flare, this, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm fine. To create We're a, done. Blah, blah, blah. To me, yeah. the tight... Okay, this, so this pigment. guy has chroma flare on And his... a $1.9 million pigeon. Right. All right, so a racing pigeon has survived an extraordinary... Who buys an $86,000 paint job? <laughs> Get out of here, man. <laughs> what are you doing? What kind of contrast do you have in your life where you're like, yeah, uh, that seems perfectly if, if I reasonable. Buy this car, it's for sale already. It's already sold. So someone bought this, sold it, and someone else bought it. Yeah. You're so bored that you're like, I need to buy a 992 Turbo S for uh-huh. $360,000, and it's going to have an $80,000 pay job. Oop, I'm bored. I sold it. Yeah. I guess he had to f- afford the down payment on his pigeon. A racing pigeon <laughs> has survived an extraordinary 
8,000 mile Pacific journey across the Pacific Ocean, crossing from the United States to find a new home in Australia. Now authorities consider the bird a quarantine risk oh. and plan to kill it. Oh, Kevin Silly Bird said Tuesday Wait, he discovered what? the exhausted no, bird. Yeah, let me continue. Okay, the exhausted bird that arrived in his <laughs> in his Melbourne backyard on December twenty sixth. Melbourne, Melbourne backyard on December twenty sixth had disappeared from a race in the U.S. state of Oregon. Probably running away from his owner with the chroma flare paint job. <laughs> so they released this pigeon in a race in and Oregon. It, and it, and it, and it, it went to Australia. Yeah, he's like, peace out. This sucks. This Whatever you're feeding me, this, this, you know what I normally eat? I'm a $1.9 million pigeon. Expert, this isn't the same pigeon, by no, the way. No, I know that. Experts suspect a pigeon that Sully Bird... Uh, Suspect the pigeon that Sully Bird has named Joe after our president hitched a ride on a cargo ship to cross the Pacific. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Joe's feet has attracted the, the guy probably, I'm talking about the pigeon. Okay. The guy probably is like, I'm out of here. And then he went and landed on the ship and went yeah. to sleep because he's tired from his race. Obviously. Woke up and he's like, what the <laughs> There's nowhere to go. He's like flying around the ship. Uh, Joe's feet has attracted the attention of Australian media, but, media, but also of the notoriously strict Australian quarantine and inspection Oh, service. he would be the bad guy in this movie, yeah. right? Sully Bird said quarantine authorities called him on Thursday and asked him to catch Wait, the bird. Who is Sully Bird? That's the guy that found the bird. In Australia? Yeah, it's his, his last name is Bird. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Come they, on. <laughs> they say if it is from America, then they're concerned about bird diseases. Uh -huh. Extra dangerous bird diseases from America. <laughs> they, they, they wanted to know if I could help them out. To be honest, I can't catch it. I can't get within... 500 mil of it. The guy, come on. 20 inches of it, and then it moves. <laughs> he said quarantine. Can't we just say meters? What no, is this doing? No. guy saying? Mill. Yeah, he, he's the same guy that measured the paint on the Porsche, the yeah, one micron. No, no. Yeah. He said quarantine authorities were now considering contracting a professional bird catcher, which, of course, they have over there. Naturally. The, uh, the agriculture department, which is responsible for biosecurity, said the pigeon was not permitted to remain in Australia because it could compromise Australia's food security and wild bird populations. It poses a direct biosecurity risk to Australian bird life and our poultry industry, a department statesman said. Wow. In 2015. I can't, I'm surprised Mr. Bird wasn't able to catch, catch the Mr. Bird. bird. Yeah, well, yeah. it's... it's I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised either. In 2015, the government threatened to euthanize two Yorkshire Yorkshire Terriers. Threatened to. <laughs> pistol and boo after they were smuggled <laughs> into the country by Hollywood star Johnny Depp and ex-wife oh, Amber Heard. No. Faced with a 50-hour deadline to leave Australia, the dogs made it out on a private charter <laughs> jet. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real, I mean, that's really it. It's, yeah, it's, okay. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's a local story for us, Chris. It's not really a good one though. It turns out catalytic converter thefts are rampant lady late lately lady 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 <laughs> come on lady in Minnesota more than 300 have we been stolen this. Yeah. this year in St. Paul alone from January to February 15th that's six per day in St. Paul alone. Longtime St. Paul resident Leslie Johnson said she now feels paranoid quote I don't trust anybody anymore. <laughs> I assume everyone's out there to steal something from me now, Johnson said. In her defense, listen to what happened. Okay. Her catalytic converter was stolen a few months ago outside her home as her new car was parked under a streetlight. I went to go get to work the next day. My car sounded like it was going to blow up, <laughs> Johnson said. <laughs> okay. After getting it repaired, the thieves stole the new catalytic converter only 11 days later. They're on the, I mean, they're worth so much money. 
It's That's why a new bill is being proposed that will make even possessing a catalytic converter a criminal offense in the state. Unless, of course, you can prove ownership I've somehow. spent most of my life cutting the cats out of cars and just getting rid of them. Right, I throw I them away. I wish I would have kept them I've all. thrown away two in the last couple of years. Uh, the main reason I bring this whole thing up is to highlight what Mitsubishi has done in response. Well, right now, Chris, you can get a $750 rebate on any new Mitsubishi model if you trade in has its catalytic converter stolen. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Say that again? In the state of Minnesota, Mitsubishi has launched a program where you can get a $750 rebate ah. if your trade-in vehicle had its cat stolen. <laughs> so you're driving up no cat. God. <laughs> right. So the rebate, it turns out, is only available in Minnesota. Okay. But here's what it it doesn't make any sense because usually a trade-in would be worth less if it needs repair, right? Right. But if they're going to give you full trade-in value plus the $750, why wouldn't you just cut your own catalytic converter off and sell it before trading in your vehicle? Yeah, I mean, that's a double bonus. You're double dipping right there. That's the way to do it. I. It's just silly. I don't know if maybe they're taking into account that your cat needs to be replaced anyways, so they're going to give you $750 off the replacement cost. I, regardless, that's that's all that story is. Well, you've also we also talked about how if you have your cat cut off, they'll actually pay to have a new cat put in your car at at like an auto repair shop. They'll pay for it. Well, no, oh, the city will. Won't yeah, they? the city will. You're right. That yeah. was the last story. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's platinum. It's worth money. It's just just I, what, yeah, just the way it is. Um, Porsche has applied the Sport Turismo treatment to the. Virgins. You're out of control, Jake. You're all over the. You're all over the document. What do you? All right. What do you want to do? No, I just don't know where you are. I I'm didn't. I trouble. didn't care about the Mazda story. Mazda pulled out a prototype racing. That's the headline. Well, just like everybody else. Yeah. Although Ferrari is saying they're in on the hypercar. Hypercar. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. some so new vehicle. We'll apparently. see. We'll see. I'm. You know. I'm gonna wait and see what's going on with this hypercar racing. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I think it'll be awesome. As long as they don't have like little zones where you can drive through and speed up and do all kinds of weird stuff like Formula E. Just always seemed like it such a gimmick. It just seems like a video It seemed game. like a gimmick right. is what it is. Yeah, so exactly. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, another story that's not really a story, but the Taycan. The Taycan, yes. The Thai convention. Yes, the Taycan. The Taycan yeah. uh, is now available with the Sport Turismo wagon package. Ooh. It looks so good. That's got to be where it's at. It looks so good. Chris. What do they call that? A shooting brake? Yes, it's basically a wagon. Yeah, but I, yeah, you I'm get, you've it. seen it on the Panamera, which I think is one of the most gorgeous looking cars right now. Yeah, there's the Panamera Sport Turismo. So the new Kaikan Sport Turismo features new rear fenders, roof, and of course the hatch. And the addition of the fifth door does nothing to affect the Taycan Turbo S's performance credentials. Apparently, the model is expected to weigh just slightly more than five thousand pounds. Wow! And will likely cross the two hundred thousand dollar price threshold yeah that way you'll be able to go to the auction buy like million all dollar. the pigeons you can buy pigeons, How many and, pigeons? and like fancy paintings and put them in the back and there's all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff yeah all right um this is actually kind of a interesting timing on this story so okay. you know we've been doing our in-depth exclusive story on lockheed yes and the skunk works program and all the best planes to come out of it well the military may be pulling the plug on the F-35, it turns out. As conceived in the 1990s, the F-35 program, as we know, was supposed to produce thousands of fighters to displace basically everything in the existing tactical warplanes in the majority of the, Our the Air Force, is, is Navy, and Marine Corps. In the 90s, they didn't realize how fast technology was going to move. Uh, you're right. I think is the problem here. Yes, technology in the last 20, 30 years has just gone insane compared to... like If you look at the when the Blackbird came out in the... In, 
early 60s to, to 1990. Right. No, that's 30 years. Now we're at the same point from 1990 till now. The, the actual leaps and bounds we've made in technology in the same amount of time is crazy. That's exactly what happened. So according to new reports, the Air Force and Lockheed baked failure into the F-35's very concept. Quote, they tried to make the F-35 do too much, said Dan Grazer, an analyst with the Project on Government Oversight in Washington, D.C. There's a small wing version for land-based operations, a big wing version for the Navy's catapult-equipped aircraft carriers, and for the small deck assault ship, the Marines ride in a vertical landing mode with the downward blast lift engines, which I think is the coolest. But the complexity added cost. Rising cost imposed delays, and then delays gave developers more time to add even more complexity to the design. Those additions added more cost. Those I wonder if costs there's any way resulted to, in more delays and, and so on. I wonder if there's any so way forth. to make it be like, uh, you know how Volkswagen has like the MQB platform. Right, where it's make all, a modular where platform. Where it's all modular, where you have like, you have the cockpit, the wings and everything else and you can upgrade certain like I think that's units. what this was supposed to be because yeah, they had the F-35, it was the A, B and the C platforms that we just Those were all about. different platforms though, right? I mean- or, versions i guess but yeah. no i'm it's all like i'm sure a lot of it is interchangeable it's all one f-35 model right um regardless the air force chief of staff general charles brown jr explained that the f-35 is a ferrari quote you don't drive your ferrari to work every day you only drive it on sundays this is our high-end fighter we want to make sure we don't use it all for the low-end fight so basically, he's saying they they need a workhorse. Right. They're talking about how the F-35 is so finicky and the repair costs are ridiculous. Um, quote, the F-35 is approaching a crossroads, Grazer said. Pentagon leaders have hinted that as a part of the U.S. military's shift in focus towards peer threats, that is Russia, China, the Navy and Air Force might get bigger shares of the U.S. military's roughly $700 billion annual budget. Let's just be clear. Whatever is coming next is already done. This $700 billion annual budget doesn't matter because the plane that's going to replace the F-35 is sitting in a hangar in Area 51 <laughs> we don't know about. right now. Yeah, you're probably They don't right. wait till they think, oh, shit, we need a new plane. This is going to take a, you know four years to right. develop. It's already done. Yeah. Uh, all of the Army's expense, if we're going to put the, pull the trigger on a new fighter, now is probably the time, Grazer said. And the Air Force could end F-35 production after just a few hundred examples oh, and man. redirect tens of billions of dollars into a new fighter program wow, i wonder you know what how the, much money was lost know, holy i know I you mean, know what the difference is is back with the sr-71 that was kind of a singular vision we know of kelly johnson and his right. team right the government said that it was the cia said hey we need to go higher and faster than the u2 currently is and i don't think they really meddled much in the development at least not compared to what is happening now where they keep changing criteria and everything to be fair, else. things are very complex now i mean right. they are very complex. But I feel like if Lockheed Skunk Works were just said, hey, give us the next-gen fighter and like make it be great. They have to do so many more things now, though. With all the, the heads-up display that's in your helmet, has to communicate with the plane. Yeah, but it certainly plane. doesn't help that it's basically designed by committee. I know, but you can't just have one guy developing a system. I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Chris, did you watch the Perseverance rover touchdown on Mars I earlier I, I this that. week? I what didn't is, watch what it is live. Perseverance? What is this thing? So this is the big SUV-sized Mars rover. Sure. It just touched down on Mars, and it was really cool because it basically had a 
Um, it came out of the bracket and then had a parachute and then the parachute let go and then it had like this hover jet thing that then lowered the actual rover from the hover jet thing on a crane. Ooh, that sounds really overly complicated. <laughs> I don't know why they did it that way, but yes, very complicated. But did you ever play Blaster Master when you were a kid? On Nintendo? Did you play Nintendo? So. You are, you're too young for Nintendo. Someone out here knows exactly what I'm talking about. Blaster They're like, yes, Master. Blaster Master. That's exactly what I'm imagining this thing looks like. Yeah, Blaster okay. Master. You have to go look at the video because the onboard cameras captured all the thrilling footage of the rover's entry, descent, and landing, which includes the deployment of the parachute that I mentioned. Well, this parachute had a sort of pattern to it, and the camera provides a full view of this red and white design of the parachute, showing varying lengths of colored columns presented in concentric rings. And while most viewers, such as me, just focused on the landing itself, some apparently paused the video to examine the frame and discovered a hidden message in the parachute design, Chris. It was first established that the colored stripes were probably binary code, with the red panels representing the number one and white panels representing zero. The numbers were then organized into groups of 10, ring by ring, to create a 10-bit pattern that could then be equated to the alphabet by working in numerical order. The guy that wow, discovered this on, is man. such a nerd. This is this guy was like, well, you I designed follow- the parachute. I'm done. I'm still on contract for another... I don't know, 300 hours. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking about the guy that discovered this. Well, that guy too, both of them. Both nerds. of them are nerds, yes. So the message was revealed to spell out the words Dare Mighty Things, which is the motto used by the Perseverance team at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I think more design needs to have these little like Easter eggs in it. Yeah, why not? It gets people talking and whatever. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I like that we're cool. on Mars. I'm, I'm currently watching uh, For All Mankind. Oh, is that good? Eh, it's, uh, I'm about two thirds of the way through the first season. If, um, the cold war went into the moon, basically a space race, but we're up there. Yeah, but it's, it's basically saying that Russia got to the moon first and what happened. So it's like an alternate timeline. Oh no, I did. Yeah. Okay. I started that one. It's, there's a new one, isn't there? There's another season. Yeah. And it got brought on for season three. It's, it's my wife hates it. She hates the show. Um, there's a little bit too much social commentary in the beginning okay. with with feminism. They're just trying really, really hard to say something, and it does it take away from forced. the story. It does. It takes away from the story a little bit. But once they get that over with, they're like, "Okay, we did that. We had to do that so we could <laughs> so we could win an Oscar later because that's the requirements now." Um, once they get that out of the way, the, the, it gets really good. It's kind of like the human condition of of going to the moon and stuff like that. I made me really, 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 really want to see and experience more, more space travel, more space exploration. I want, I want, I want human beings to go out there. Not me, but you're not interested, but other people. Good thing. Elon is on task. All right. Last story of the day. Okay. Um, what would you think if I was going to tell you, Jake, you're going to have a full contact experience. What would you think would happen to you? Do you think it would be a positive experience? It doesn't sound positive. No, I'm thinking either like I'm going in a boxing well, ring. Or it's either like, going to be a really oh, good yeah, experience. Yeah, it could be very good. It could That's be very true. good. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the best thing you've ever had yeah. happen to you. Or I dad. feel like they would market it different if it's a positive thing. Though. It could be full contact experience or Full contact experience. Yeah, it's I'll all take the in the diction. It's all okay. in the how you say it. So anyways. Black Leopard Mall's Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> who paid $150 to have a full contact experience. Well, just by that, I'm going to say this guy got his money's worth. Uh, yeah. A 50-year-old <laughs> man has filed a lawsuit after, of course, after wildlife officials. You can't just take responsibility for yourself. Wildlife officials say he was mauled by a captive black leopard in a 
backyard animal okay, enclosure first of in all, South Florida. That a, a backyard animal enclosure <laughs> is that shouldn't be a thing, Chris. Dwight paid $150 for a full contact experience with a black leopard, which allowed him to play with it, rub its, take pictures, and rub its belly. <laughs> When I try to rub the belly of just my house cat, they it doesn't like it. go well. Not great. Doesn't go well. He's I can't great. imagine a leopard is any better. A report by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission said the incident incident happened August 31st in Davie, which is near Fort Lauderdale. The agency charged the owner with allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal, animal and was cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition. Yeah. Like I said, backyard animal enclosure. Dwight, the man. <laughs> Dwight was attacked as soon as he entered the leopard's enclosure. The injuries were... <laughs> it's not, so there was no buildup. No buildup. No. He didn't have a He must have been... Maybe he... Maybe he smelled bad. Maybe he should have had oh, the odor. Oh, he should have the guy with the shirt. Yeah, he had I really wanted the story to be like he at least went in there and tried to get the belly rub. The thing was purring, and then eventually it had enough. No, just, but this is just right, right boom, away. As soon as he touched <laughs> the injuries were so severe that his scalp was hanging from his uh, head, and his right ear was torn in half. Uh, he went for the jugular, <laughs> took his head in its mouth, said Stephen Lander, Turner's attorney. The ear was pretty much removed. <laughs> Dwight required most. Multiple surgeries, according to the TV station. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, who is saying he went for the jugular? His lawyer, of course. <laughs> he went for the jugular. He was excited about it, the lawyer. What do you think is going to happen? All right. I mean, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Idiot. Idiot. Yeah. Absolute idiot. All right, guys. That's all we have time for today. Monday, we have... Uh, uh, episode a, five in our in-depth series. Right, we're going to really Lock dive heat. into the YouTube. We've got a very special guest coming for that as well. Really hope you guys enjoy that. Seems like everybody's really been enjoying the Lockheed Martin stuff, and we're happy to bring you at least three more, two, at least maybe three more episodes. Well, and like we mentioned before, we have all this content that didn't make it into the final cut that's now on Patreon. It is. It is it's a Patreon-exclusive. Head over there, please. Yeah, but and, yeah, tune in Monday. Awesome interview with Meryl Tenzigal. Tangazal, yes. Yep, and she is a female U2 pilot. Yeah. And we dive into the U2. It's important and a little bit of history as well. A little well. bit of history as well. To, to, just to give you an impression of why the plane was needed and 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 why it was relevant and what it actually accomplished for, for America. Yeah, awesome, awesome episode. Tune in on Monday for yep, that. Yeah, we'll see you then. Take care.